this is something brand new for your ears. I'm Monkey One, and over there is Monkey Two. Good evening, Monkey One. How are you? Well, I'm I'm feeling quite excited tonight because this is something that I've been waiting to do for quite a long time. I've got all of this pent up energy and anger and frustration. And I just feel the opportunity to be able to let rip is going to be a good thing. What about you? Oh, yes. Very cathartic. I uh, I imagine it's going to be very helpful in that respect. There's an awful lot of chest that I need to get an awful lot of stuff off of, if that's the uh, phrase. And I think tonight is going to be the start of uh, an unleashing. <laughs> Brass Monkeys, this is our first episode. We're not here to be offensive, we're not here to upset anybody, but we do want to maybe just expose some of the hypocrisy, stupidity and potentially corruption that we see in the world around us today, whether that's national and international governments, individuals, wealthy oligarchs or whoever it may be. If you've got a story that you think we should be uh, touching on, then please do get in touch. The details on how to do that are on your screen as you listen to this. First off, though, let's just think about where we are. If you're listening to us in the UK, you'll be aware that we are run by a government of complete incompetence. This week has seen Boris's build, build, build mantra being unveiled, which has been followed up by... Rishi Sunak, the uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer, unveiling his, shall we say, Father Christmas pot of money. We've been told that we can take back control. This was to do with Brexit, of course. Don't forget, Brexit's not gone away. We've been told that we would get Brexit done. We've been told that we should stay at Barnard Castle. Sorry, got that one wrong. We're meant to stay at home, except when we can go to work. And now we can actually go and spend some money in restaurants and pubs. In fact, not only can we go and spend money, but we're going to be given some money to do it as well. What do we think? Is this actually going anywhere? Are we actually moving anything towards normality? Or is it just basically a house of cards? What about you, Monkey 2? Well, it looks like more sort of look over here, not over here. Sort of uh, look around the eyes, not into the eyes, that sort of trick where um, it's, it's the famous magician's diversion, isn't it? Don't look at what we're doing over here. Forget the fact that uh, our uh, their very own monkey-in-chief drove 250-odd miles up to the northeast in the middle of a crisis and then lied through his teeth about why he was sorry, doing it. Sorry, can I stop you, monkey too? You cannot say that he's a monkey like us. We're far superior. Oh, that's true. Yes, that is true. All right, uh, that moron then. That, moron, um, we like that. that moron i'd like to use a bigger word but we're trying to keep it family friendly no i i think it's i mean in all seriousness i think this is a case of if we spend enough money and we bribe enough people they'll just be glad that they're getting something and hope that it's all gone away and they will have long forgotten about the um the trip north by a certain person who is pulling the strings in government these days it seems that's all been forgotten about now of course uh we're all allowed back in the pub so uh There's nothing long... to see here move on no that exactly that as long as Weatherspoons is open hey we're off and we're eating pies again and uh, that's pretty much it 50 percent off pies and burgers in uh, Weatherspoons. that's all the gammon face need isn't it really let's face it the economy in this country is completely screwed but it's okay because the chancellor is telling us that he'll give us a voucher so that we can get half of the cost of our meals paid for by him what a lovely man he is not only that, if you're a homeowner, you're going to be able to get a grant 
to replace your double glazing or your insulation. But I mean, that's all well and good. And look, I'll, I'll put my hand up in the air and say, I've got some very old double glazing in my house, which is drafty and I can hardly open the windows anymore. If the Chancellor is going to pay me two thirds of the cost of replacing all my windows, then I'm going to go, way. But if we look at the reality, there are so many people in this country who don't own their own property, who are living in rented accommodation, packs in with other members of family, whether they're parents or grandparents, children, siblings, living in conditions which are frankly shameful for a supposed Western world advanced country such as we are. They're the ones who are on zero hour contracts. They're the ones who have fallen through the gaps because they couldn't be furloughed. They're the ones who've been exposed to the wretched system that is universal credit. And by the way, as I just mentioned that, I have to mention this name. Ian Duncan Smith. <laughs> what an absolute wretched individual he is. But do you know what? Despite that, at least you could say he is a politician. When you look at the rest of the people who are supposedly running this country, who the hell are they? Boris, the great orator. The man can scarcely string a sentence together. It's all a bit of Latin. When I was mayor of London, he's a cretin. Sorry, twat. I need to calm down. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly, and uh, bearing in mind the man can't string a sentence together, for a man who made most of his career as a journalist, that's quite scary, really. It tells he you an awful sacked. lot about the... He was sacked for <laughs> he being was. a journalist who lied. Well, he's now a politician who so, lies, so, I mean, and, he's made the progression. And he's done it this week. He stood in Parliament and basically said that he wasn't blaming the care workers when he said that they hadn't followed the rules. He was saying, oh, because we, we didn't know what was happening. I mean, he is... He's beyond contempt. Oh, the man's an utter arsehole, and I would gladly see the man nailed to a wall using chisels, but I think that would be um, a rather bad use of chisels, to be honest. I was always told, look after your tools, and there's a big tool in Parliament at the minute. But just for the avoidance of doubt, we are not um, actually calling for Boris's head. Um, just Anywhere would do. The rest <laughs> of it will be fine, yeah. Upside down from a lamppost, a la Il Duce, 1944. Your uh, your commander-in-chief has uh, been found literally banged to rights driving up the A1M about as far north as you can go before you hit the border with Scotland during a time where he himself was advising the government, well, advising, was telling us all that we shouldn't be doing any such thing, yet his family, infested as they were with coronavirus COVID-19, drive the 250-odd miles to the northeast of England to go and relocate themselves and then add another 30 miles round trip to go and check your eyes. I'm doing the air quotes here that you can't see. Uh, uh, just at the point at which he's uh, lying through his teeth, and I don't think there's any other way of putting it, to uh, cover his bony little ass and his and his uh, underling, Mr Alex DeFeffel Johnson, 
Boris to his friends and neighbours uh, is also covering his ass because I imagine somehow or other there are some photographs, Polaroids in a in a safe somewhere that Mr Cummings has access to that prevent uh, Johnson from doing anything under his own volition. Uh, just as that lot is about to bear fruit for the rest of us and they're about to be hung out to dry, Black Lives Matters happens. I mean, the, the timing couldn't be any better for them. And that is not to say by any stretch of the imagination that Black Lives Matters doesn't matter. It is a very important thing. And the fact that that it's reverberating around the world at the minute is remarkable and it can only do good. However, it came at just the most perfect time for number 10, did it not? I think I think exceptional timing in the same way that when uh, those aircraft hit the um, Twin Towers and that famously it was uh, a member of government who said it's a good day for very bad news. Let's not kid ourselves that at every level of government of what ever volition there is an element of uh, pulling the wool over our eyes shall we say so the thing is about this government is they treat us all like we're primary school children uh, what is it with slogans i mean we had as we said at the start of this episode we've had the get brexit done take back control Stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives. And now what have we got? Eat out to help out. Monkey 2, help me on this one, please. Well, the schoolboy in me just sees the puerile, innuendo-laden nature of that phrase. I'm not even going to go into it. Look it up if you don't get it. I think most people of a certain age will know what eating out means. It's, um, do, you know, do you know what? You've just... Same way. You've just taken me to a very dark place. <laughs> really? Uh-oh. Stop it! <laughs> yes, uh, the playground The playground okay. potential is wonderful there, isn't it? Like Getting your tops and fingers. We found our level at last. Yep, that's it. How low can you go? Oh, I don't know, Jack Russell. Well, I'll tell <laughs> you what. That's you a different could, joke. You could ask our Prime Minister about how low can you go, because he seems to be very good at going well below the belt. Uh, yeah, in so there's... many different ways. Do you know, I wasn't a great fan of um, Theresa May. I was not a great fan of David Cameron or, indeed, Nick Clegg. <laughs> but I tell you what... <laughs> You'd have them back in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Seriously, would. Seriously. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Look, Even I Theresa May. Even, even, even John Major. My God. John, the people... I tell Hello, you what, Norma. Sorry. What's well, the tea? <laughs> Nice peas, dear. Peas, I like peas. peas. I like peas. I yes, like they, peas. they're from bird's eye. Oh, bird's eye peas. Very nice. A few months ago, you'll remember that I was moaning quite a lot to you about the fact that I'd been clocked by Her Majesty's Constabulary for speeding. Oh, yes. I was on a motorway. It was the middle of lockdown. You're not allowed to ask me why I was on the motorway in the middle of a lockdown, but it was very important business. But the reality is, unfortunately, on that particular day, there were members of Her Majesty's Constabulary out with their laser gun, and uh, and I got done. I got clocked. I got my notice of prosecution, and I was, and I'm so glad I didn't do this, and I have to say, Monkey 2, that's down to you, but I was at the time so incensed by the fact that I'd been done for the speed I was doing, which was excessive, but not that excessive, particularly on a very quiet motorway. 
But I was going to appeal it. I was going to go to the magistrate and argue the toss. But wisely, Monkey 2 said to me, just wait till they send you the letter. Admit that you're the driver and then wait and see what they offer you. And sure enough, I got a letter and it offered me three options. It said, we'd like to re-educate you. So if you'd like to be re-educated, tick this box. Or you can pay £100 and have three points on your license because you were speeding. Or option three, you can go to court, stand in front of the magistrate and try and persuade them that there was a legitimate reason for you being over the limit. You have to be a bit of a muppet not to go for option one, which is to be re-educated. And being a monkey, a very, very wise monkey, I opted for my re-education. And um, normally these are done, um, you know, in a group of people, you, you go to a venue. Because obviously of the lockdown, um, they weren't doing these these physical meetings. They're doing them online via the uh, the platform of Zoom, which, of course, most people are now getting familiar with if uh, if you're having to work from home or whatever else. And I was I was like a little bit, oh, I don't know. Shall I just say I was less than excited about the prospect of it. There were nine of us on the course. And um, the first thing is there's no average speeder. So on my course was me, monkey one. There was a lady who was um, a doctor of psychiatry, um, a couple of young people, but, but nobody really of any sort of particular standard that you could go oh that's a speeder we were all just our own individuals and that's the thing we're, we're all normal people we just happen to speed for whatever reason it may be on the day but the one thing that came across was it's usually about lateness about being late for something and the stress that comes from being late is what makes us speed and it's what makes us take risks that we probably shouldn't do so I'm not going to bore you with the details, but one thing I did find interesting, and this was the benefit of having a doctor who uh, was a specialist in psychiatry, was that I learned all about the vagus nerve. Do you know about the vagus nerve, Monkey 2? I do not. I imagine it's something to do with fruit machines and sitting in front of flashing lights in a in a palace somewhere in a desert in America. That's about as far as it goes with me, and I know you're going to put me right on that one, Monkey You one. would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, but firstly, Vegas, I thought, yeah, it's uh, spelled as in Las Vegas. It's not. It's V-A-G-U-S. Uh, have a look at it. Google it, because it might help you to understand the way you work as a human being. Um, basically, it's, it's what they call a cranial nerve. But the interesting thing about it is um, it has control. They call it you ready for a technical word parasympathetic and what that means is it's a, a, a nerve that controls the heart the lungs and the digestive tract so you know when you get that fight or flight syndrome it's it's that that's actually connecting your body together and making you do the things you do and it's often that that gets agitated when you are stressed and when you're driving so it's a really interesting thing to go and do a bit of research on when you've got half an hour to bore yourself rigid if you want to do that. But I recommend it. But anyway, bottom line is, don't speed. And I haven't done this week. I've been a really good boy. Has it made you more aware of the conditions and the um, situations where you've got that urge to put your foot down, where now you won't? You're sort of actually stopping short of acting out on your wish to do so. Yeah, I, I think it has. It's one of those things where it's the awareness of it. I mean, there were a few other things that 
they covered which I thought were interesting. One was about the, the actual reality of how much you gain time-wise by speeding. Very which, little. Which is virtually nothing, exactly. So with that in mind, that's a big thing. But then there was also that whole thing about creating a, a bubble for you. And I remember doing this, doing defensive driving courses in the past, you know, about creating a bubble around you, your safety zone, and how you respond to other people. And one of the things that he said, which I thought was really good, because one of the things that I hate about driving are tailgaters. And one of the things he said about tailgaters, don't get upset by them. As soon as you can, get out of their way, let them get past, because they're obviously having a much worse day than you are. And once they've gone, it's not your problem anymore. And I thought that's brilliant. Well, that's the battle. That is the battle. It's not, I think the problem is monkeys like us, we, we don't like injustice. So we don't like seeing bullies win and they are bullies. People like that are bullies. And on the face of it, you don't want to let them gain from pushing you out of the way. They, you know, once again, they've conquered someone else. They pushed the weak out of the way and they've got further ahead. But I think you're actually acting in a far more grown-up and responsible manner by letting them get out of the way and go and have the accident somewhere else and not involve you. And I think that is, if if the course has done nothing else but teach you that, then it's been a huge success. And it's also saved you three points on your licence, which your insurance company will also thank you for. Or not, yeah. because you're not paying them an extra premium on top of what you were already paying them, I'm sure. I think for 90 quid and two and a half hours of my time, it was well worth it. And there, well, therefore, I've been converted. Well, like you said, I mean, 90 quid and four hours of just sitting there, if you want to put it in bald terms, just sitting there being told that what you're doing is a bit silly. That's the that's the very cynical way of looking at it. But on a purely logical way, you could pay £100, have three points on your licence, and then accrue a whole load of extra costs on your car insurance for the next three years. Or you could actually take it on the chin, learn something, and pay less. I mean, you'd have to be a complete moron not to do that, surely. Good for you. You can tell us all how to drive. Next week, <laughs> driving, driving with Monkey One. Observation. Emerging from junctions, that sort of thing. Speaking of observation, isn't YouTube brilliant? Because it actually Absolutely. allows you to observe a world that you don't know about. A window. It's a window it to the world. It is a window on the world. And I tell you what, I have discovered such a fascinating window. It's a bit anoraki, but I'm going to share it with you now. Because obviously, through the course of this lockdown, we've all been spending a lot of time in front of our computers. YouTube is one of those things where somebody's covering every subject that you might be interested in now a little bit of an insight into monkey one's early years i am um, i grew up in a city which had a very very large railway station in it and my mum bless her i'm sure she did it because she loved me and not for you know any other reason but she used to deposit me at the station in the summer holidays at nine o'clock in the morning with a pack up so i would spend seven or eight hours roaming up and down this railway station, uh, looking at trains. And I became a bit of a train addict. I, I managed to get through most of my adult life not being a train addict, which is good. Unfortunately, I discovered YouTube and a railway webcam, which is based... <laughs> this is ridiculous. I can't believe I'm sharing this with you. What am I doing? It's based on a, a railway junction, which is in Missouri. Uh, just outside Kansas City and it's 
one of the busiest railway junctions in the states just so many railway lines and so many trains going through it it's bonkers and i just have it running in the background minimized on my web on my my uh, desktop with the volume up and the great thing about you know the americans uh, there's a lot i don't like about the americans but there's a lot that they do brilliantly they do everything bigger than we could ever contemplate their trains are like two miles long with like four or five locomotives at the front of them sometimes and the other thing they have is the most amazing loud horns so i have i've the youtube channel just running in the background minimized i can't see any trains and everything i'll be happily typing away or i'll be on the phone to somebody and all of a sudden there's a and it's like what the hell's that and it's um it's one of the trains coming through the junction it's like my family think I'm a complete nutcase now. But I have to tell you, it's just really lovely watching the world going by, people just going about things. It's not, uh, these are all freight trains as well. So that, you know, it's, they're, they're very slow. They're very, very long and they're very big. And it's just actually, it's just a reminder that in this crazy world we're in, you can actually lose yourself somewhere without having to think about COVID-19 without having to think about Boris Johnson or Dominic Cummings. Just escapism. I'm going to put the link up to the, the uh, YouTube channel on this so you can have a look yourself. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, I mean, if you want to come back and say, Monkey One, you're an idiot, that's fine. It's your choice. But if you're big enough to admit that actually I've got a point, then I'd love to hear from you as well. On the subject of train horns, and particularly American train horns, they do make a very unique sound, a very a very loud sound, as you uh, so adequately demonstrated just now. Um, there is actually another um, YouTube channel. Well, I don't know if it's a channel, but there's certainly YouTube videos. And again, but I'll try and link to this once we've, uh, once we've uploaded, uh, of somebody who's installed a train horn set underneath his car with the compressor in the boot and who drives around videoing the reaction that he gets when he presses the horn alongside a load of people. I tell you what, you've never seen people jump so far in the air and utter the most <laughs> amazing swear words. It. Would it Honestly, surprise you? look it would up. It, would it surprise you if I said, can I have one of those? Oh, no, no, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I mean, you do now get them. I mean, we where the Americans lead, quite often we follow for good and bad. And, you know, for a long time, American police cars, fire engines, ambulances have had the big bullhorn, haven't they? And now I think you've started seeing our emergency vehicles getting these things because yeah. yeah, they draw attention. Them. They yeah. get you out of the way bloody quick because they, they're not something we're used to. And even if we are becoming used to them, they still make such a racket and they're so different to any other noise you would normally hear out in the uh, the high streets of of the british isles um i said yeah. i was walking down pimlico the other day and all of a sudden there was this frightful noise i practically shat myself i'll have you know uh let me just look at this talk amongst yourselves i whilst uh, you carry on talking monkey one okay. i'm just going to see if i'm just talking out of my backside here my hairy that's, monkey that's backside. fine uh, while monkey two is doing that i just want to tease to next uh next episode we're going to update on the latest with the government and the whole covid19 thing see if we can find some elements of hilarity amongst the 
doom and gloom that seems to be everyday life. Um, also, we want to hear from you as well. So if there are any subjects that you'd like us to talk about, then, hey, we're here. I want to finish off this um, episode, though, with a little bit of a chat about Sweaty Andrew, otherwise known as uh, the Queen's favourite son. His Royal Highness. Do we have to call him that? I mean... Uh, <sighs> I hope know, not. I mean, he's not even a, a functioning royal, is he, at the moment? Well, he's not Just... functioning anything. He can't even <laughs> sweat like normal people, apparently. Anyway, Sweaty Andrew and um, some geezer called the Epstein who um, committed suicide, apparently. Was suicided, I believe was, the phrase I believe, is. I believe he was suicided. But anyway, his, um, his girlfriend... Uh, this is Epstein's girlfriend, by the way, uh, as described by Sweaty Andrew. But I have to admire Newslight and Emily Maitlis for that brilliant interview she did with him, where she gave him enough rope and a little bit more. Uh, but Sweaty Andrew describes Maxwell basically as Epstein's girlfriend. I think it's really interesting now that uh, she has been brought into custody. Is she going to sing like a canary? Is she getting round the clock security? And what does it hold for Prince Andrew and other important people, names of which we may not yet know? I'd like to think there's prosecution in the stars somewhere along the line for uh, that particular individual, but I fear, given the influence the man has and the reverence with which still the royal family are held in this country, he's not going to be heading Stateswood any time soon, sadly. I'll tell you what, though, it's great, isn't it? Because the one thing you can say that uh, Gilleen, I believe that's the correct way to say her name, um, the, the one thing she's done is she's put the Maxwell name well and truly back on the map. It's been oh, a few, hasn't it, she just? It's been a few years since good old Fat Bob fell off his yacht under interesting circumstances. With a very big splash. With a very big splash and took a huge amount of money with him as he went. She's done a brilliant job of putting the Maxwell name back in big letters on the front of our newspapers. It may not be the Mirror Group anymore. It's on every paper. But I think interesting times ahead. And I would imagine that Sweaty Andrew's sphincter valve is possibly in overdrive at the moment. Oh, I'd like to think so. There's, uh, there's all sorts of stories about Andrew... Um believing that everybody else is subservient to him. I mean, let's be let's be honest. I mean he's he's been brought up to believe that, hasn't he? Plus he's had a career in the military as a as an officer where everyone is obviously subservient, which is like a microcosm of Britain to him. But uh, I can speak from personal experience of watching this man's um Bentley be deftly, very, very deftly weaved through traffic by the uh, special escort group who are the um, the motorcycle coppers who uh, don't have sirens on their bikes but have whistles because they draw your attention more than sirens in traffic. Interesting. See, that's like you're going on the bullhorn and now you're talking about whistles on bikes. Same principle. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah, um, yeah we, we can bore you with this at another date. And on that bombshell, I think we should wrap up this first episode of Brass Monkeys. Um, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our inane wafflings. Hopefully you found them stimulating, interesting, entertaining. If not, let us know either way. We're big grown boys, okay? We've got toughened hides now. We can take most of the abuse. 
but that's not an invitation just to abusers. You know, that's just if you feel sufficiently annoyed, then please do. Uh, but otherwise, we hope you'll keep an eye out for us. Like this broadcast, um, subscribe to us, and we will be back again soon with more complete and utter bollocks. And we will improve with experience, trust us. Well, you might do. Well, I don't know. I'm off to go and scratch my blue arse and hang off a tyre. Bye! (laughs)